Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I've heard that there's a house that has some bodies in the basement. Somebody told you that Shakaya was a victim of human trafficking? And come to find out, this is like, it exploded into this huge thing. I knew. I just knew something was wrong. Police say 33-year-old Jared Bridegan was shot dead. I kept calling his phone during the drive. Gunned down in front of his two-year-old daughter. It's a murder that stunned Jack's Beach neighbors. His murder has attracted national attention, with investigators saying he was targeted. Eventually, a police officer answered and told me to come to the police station. Justice is something that takes different shapes or forms. If you know something, heard something, please, it's never too late to do the right thing. So I'm Deanna Thompson, AKA Body Movin'. And I'm John Green. For about a decade, Deanna and I spent a lot of time on the internet, especially in the underbelly of the internet, trying to identify and get animal abusers arrested. We spent countless hours scouring the dark web, helping catch predators. We spent over a year and a half trying to get law enforcement to take us seriously about a man that was killing cats online, and he was threatening to move on to kill humans, and that was Luca Magnata. Yeah, you might've heard about the Netflix special called Don't Fuck With Cats. That's us. Well, now we're turning our online investigative skills to some of the most unexplained, unsolved, and just ignored cases. This is True Crimes. The production of iHeartRadio and KT Studios. You know, John, I was looking at everything and there's still so little evidence made publicly available about Jared Bridegan's death. And we still have so many holes in the timeline. I feel we need to talk to Kirsten again to try and fill in some of those holes. Yeah, at this point, I feel like we have a really good understanding of what happened the night Jared was murdered. And we have a bunch of questions that we've been writing down. So I think this is a good time to talk with Kirsten and ask her our questions about that night. I especially want to know more about the allegations about Shayna spying on Jared during their divorce. I also want to know where Jared ate and got ice cream with the kids the night he was killed. We need that for our map. This is Kirsten. Hey, Kirsten. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We just had like a couple questions and we didn't want to disturb you like seven different times. So we just got like a bunch together. 
and I hope it's okay if um, we just ask you just a couple things. Okay. You mentioned that Jared took the kids to ice cream. Yes. Was that on his way back to the ex-wife's house with the kids? Yeah, so they went to dinner and ice cream out at Jack's Beach. They went to the place they got dinner is called the Bearded Pig. And then I think they just got ice cream at Wendy's before he drove them back to their mom. Okay. So it definitely was on the way back. Okay, because we're just like mapping everything out. and We've got pretty much everything except for those couple things. So it was in Jack's Beach. It wasn't down by your house then. Correct. No, yeah, because the time is so short and the drive is so long, um, he would always stay out her direction. Was the Volkswagen, it was that the car that he drove mostly? For date night, yeah. Did anybody like search the, the Volkswagen for like a tracker? Do you know? I know they, I mean, they still have the car. They do? Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, so I had to claim total loss on the vehicle. Oh, and they had me sign a form, trying to remember what it's called, Burla, mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called, where they can just rip the entire car apart. So I signed that. So they're looking for something. Okay. Because we were just thinking about, you know, we found an article in the Daily Mail, mm-hmm. and we wanted to ask you about that too. Okay. That mentioned that the ex-wife, or that Jared had said the ex-wife was spying on him at one point. Mm-hmm. John, what, what did it say? So we were just reading all these articles and it mentioned that like right as they were still living together, having separated, that she had placed surveillance cameras in the kids' mm-hmm. rooms and may have placed a surveillance device on his vehicle at that time. Did, did, do you know what it was? Was it like a dash cam or just an audio recorder or was it like a, a full-on she could track um, that? Yeah, so what he found in his vehicle, it looked like a USB like thumb drive, but it was actually a voice recorder. So voice activated uh, recorder. Um, so he found that in his car and Jared told me he knew that she put it there because no one else had access to his vehicle. And his attorney was like, well, she probably wanted to hear like our conversations because he wouldn't talk to his attorney in the house where she was so that she placed a voice activated recorder in his vehicle. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. And then as far as the kids' bedrooms, so they had baby monitors in plain sight. They'd always had those. When the divorce was going on, Jared told me he found monitors underneath their bed, again, placed by Shanna, probably to listen into his conversations with the children. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So as far as that, it was just an audio recorder in his vehicle in the bedroom, but not like an actual GPS tracking device where she could have seen where he was driving, right? Not that I'm aware of. Um, he didn't tell me that part. Right, but it's it's a very small leap to make that if somebody could do that, the GPS tracker or something or an air tag or something is close by. And is it possible that whoever did this put a tracker on his car when he was at the bearded pig? That was kind of what I just one of the things that I was looking at. And then this Daily Mail article came to light, and I was like, oh wow, that's kind of in line yeah. with what we were kind of thinking, maybe. You know, possibly. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing was, would Jared have... So, you know, there's software that you can have on your phones that alert you when an air tag is nearby. Mm -hmm. And they do that basically to protect women who are being stalked. Okay. Did Jared have an iPhone? He did, and he had an air tag, actually. He did. Okay. And he had an air tag. Okay. She didn't have access to that, did she? No. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously not, because they were divorced many, many years ago. Yeah, no, she wouldn't. And air tags weren't even around. Okay. 
All right, good. I don't know your relationship with the detectives. I don't know how well yeah. it is. Or, or you don't have to call them up whenever you talk to them. Say, hey, one of these people asked me if you guys did a Google geofence. And what it does is it tracks all the phones in a geo geofence. You're drawing a fence. And the reason I'm asking that is, so we've seen the three security camera videos of the truck. The two were driving by the police station and then a block away. But it appears there's a fourth security camera footage video that we haven't seen. We've just seen a screenshot. And it looks like it's earlier in the day. And we read an article where it says Jacksonville police believe there, this vehicle was there between 5.30 and 8.30 in Jacksonville. And I was wondering... If there's a person driving around Jacksonville for three hours, they're probably going to have their cell phone on them. Yeah, I know they did geofencing. I don't know if that's different than Google geofencing. That's exactly um, what it nope. is. It's exactly what it is. Okay. So, yeah, they have done that. If you had the tracker on the car, you would have to have a cell phone, right? In order to see where the vehicle's traveling. Yeah. Unless, yeah, no, you would, for sure. You would have to have a cell phone. Now, could they have the cell phone turned on, but not be just... Uh, no, I mean, they'd have to be using data, right? I wonder if this person in the truck got on to an open Wi-Fi in advance of the killing. And I wonder if the cops have thought about that. And I wonder if they have queried to get the MAC addresses from the neighbor surrounding neighborhood Wi-Fis. I don't think the police are going to do that. I don't think that at all i mean i think this is a lo-fi hit tire in the road stops him he gets out walks up pow 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 close but how luck okay i think that's him your hypothesis here is that it's possible that the person was camped outside of shana's house saw him drop off the kids took off knowing that he was right behind right yep got positioned and just waited for the car that they think is Jared's to appear. It's not a dumb theory. I'm just. That's as lo-fi as you get. Yeah, no, you're right. No cell phones, no trackers, no nothing. Just there he is. Right. Let's go down there. He'll be down here in a few minutes. That's entirely possible. Entirely possible. They didn't release, like, the exact location of those security cameras, so we had to find it. And we, we found it pretty easily. But, I mean, when, when it popped up that it was pretty much the way to get back to her house, pretty much. And it's two blocks, maybe, that police station. My mouth, like, hit the floor. My jaw was just like, what? Yeah. That's what I'm getting at, Deanna. They're so calculated. They know to turn off their phones. Why would they do such a stupid mistake of after you've committed the crime and then drive that vehicle right back towards the house? That's just the... This is targeted. Okay. Well, that was all the questions we had. I just... We really wanted to know where they went and ate and stuff. Do you know what time it was? I wrote this down in a document once so I wouldn't forget because I went through like our doorbell camera of like when he left the house and then the text that he sent me. <laughs> okay. So Jared and Bexley left our house um, at 5.53 p.m. 5.53 And then at 6.47 p.m. I texted Jared asking how date night was going and he said he just got off a work call that he had to join and then um, said that Abby 
my stepdaughter wanted to text me. So she and I were texting back and forth and she told me that they were eating at the bearded pig. So at 6:47, they were already at the bearded pig eating. And then I'm not sure what the timeline was of how long they stayed there before going to Wendy's. But then at 7:47 PM, I briefly talked to him on the phone and he had just dropped them off at their mom's house. That's good to know. All right. We got the timeline. So 5:53 he left. Yep. 6:47 they were definitely eating at the bearded pig. Yeah. And 7:47 is the phone call that he made to you while you were on the phone with the brother. Okay. Correct. Cuz I'm just kind of wondering like when somebody would have been able to place a tracker on the car if that's what happened and the perfect opportunity would have been while they were eating. Yeah. But that person would have to know they were eating at the bearded pig and I'm like, well, you know, it's it's entirely possible that the kids were texting mom. Hey, we're getting dinner at the Bearded Pig, and then... So they didn't have phones. My stepdaughter was texting me from her dad's, from Jared's phone. Okay. So something just came to mind. When Jared would have dropped the kids off after Wendy's, it doesn't seem like it was one of those things where he'd get out of the car and walk them to the door. No. No. drove up to the driveway. They would have gone out. He would have waited until they went inside the door, and he would have drove away. Correct. So, yeah. Burla. She mentioned Burla. What is that? Oh, so the Burla is, you know how your car has a little computer box in it that tracks everything when you're pressing the pedals, how fast you're going? Yeah. That's what it is. Oh, it's like a black box. Yes. Discover vehicle data. Vehicles hold a vast amount of data that can be used to uncover critical information during the investigation and help determine what happened, where it occurred, and where. So that usually is hidden under the carpet, under the driver or passenger seat. So that's Every time we get a new piece of information, like the USB thumb drive in the car record, I'm like, that's from a TV show, right? Yeah, there's that's in a lot of TV shows. So let's go look at the bearded pig. Where's the bearded pig at? So there's one in Jacksonville. Let me find it. She said Jack's Beach. I think she means Jacksonville, yeah. Well, there's 3rd Street South, the bearded pig. This one is on 3rd Street South. And in relation to the route, it's pretty... Yeah, that's the one he would have gone to, right? I believe that's possible, yeah. Wendy's is also on 3rd Street, like two blocks up. All right, yeah, so that's got to be it. So, I mean, that could mean a couple things. That could be a signal to them, or is it to set her up? The ex-wife, right? Right. That's what I was getting at. Because once you get, you're on Shedder, once you get to that 15th Street, you either go left of the house, or mm-hmm. you go right, and you're going back to Ocean Boulevard again. Right. We don't know when it comes to the T on 15th, whether it goes left or right. But it just kind of struck me odd that, like, whoever did this was very, very calculated. Yeah. I just committed a murder. I'm going to drive right back to, if, if it is the ex-wife or somebody related to that. You're going to drive right back to the house? I don't think so. It's just weird. Or is it narcissism? Like, I got away with the perfect crime. Right. And you're going to catch me. Right. And we've dealt with that before. You know, I mean. I shot cats with the BB gun and nothing ever happened to me. Right. And I have the perfect alibi. My wife was going to say I was in the house the whole time. Right. Or was it a ki- like a hired person and the ex-wife can't leave the house because she's got the kids now. So all she does is go outside her house, if you look at the map, and stand on the corner there because it's a cul-de-sac. And her house is at the end of that cul-de-sac. And then it's like a street. All she has to do is stand there and, oh, there's the truck. Okay, everything's good. 
truck comes to the stop at the T, flashes their light, turns off, and drives away, right? right. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Well, but, I think you you and I both agree she didn't commit the actual act. She may correct. be aware of it, but no. she didn't do it herself. Somebody else did it. Either she or somebody adjacent is the mastermind. Correct. Like hired somebody like this is a hired what did she tell the guy at the tattoo parlor the piercer i wish he'd just shut up somebody would just make him shut up yeah get somebody to shut him up let's stop here for a break we'll be back in a moment so i got a text message from Kristen Bridegan yesterday and she asked me if you and I had the ability to run DMV records and I said no we don't and she said do you have a PI that can run records and I said well we do have a PI but he's an he's it's for a different case Um, but let me find out if we can use him you know I don't see why we wouldn't be able to Mm -hmm. she said okay great it's for the state of Washington and I said okay let me find out and I'll get back to you, right? Wait, wait, wait. Jared's, Jared's incident happened in Florida. She wants us to look up DMV in the state of Washington on the other side of the United States? Right. Is it related to I would imagine. Jared? I can't imagine it, that she would reach out to me for something unrelated to Jared. Wow. So I am going to ask Mike Toth if he can run DMV records in... Washington, I have the feeling that he's going to tell me if we have like a plate, he can he might be able to run it. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to query like straight from the DMV. But I don't, I didn't ask her for specifics because I didn't want her to feel like she had to tip her hand with me. But I just felt like I'm going to let her give me the information if she wants. And if she doesn't want to, I'm not going to push the issue. But now that I know we can use Mike. Toth, who I think is great. And then we also have Chris Salgado in Tampa. And we have a great relationship with him. Um, And he's in Florida. Now, I haven't reached out to him. Okay. But this is right up Chris's alley. You know what I mean? This this case is right up Chris's alley. And since he's in Florida, he probably knows about it. Absolutely. What I'm going to do is I'm going to email Chris and ask him if he's interested. And then if if he's interested, we can talk about the case. Chris, you're on the line, right? Hi, John. Hi, Deanna. Yeah. So we reached out to you, and we wanted to see what you've been up to since we saw you, what was it, six, seven months ago in May in CrimeCon. Since then, at CrimeCon, a lot of stuff has picked up for me at the uh, the PI business here, and it's been great. So I'm the CEO of All Points Investigations, as you folks said, based out of Tampa, Florida here. We do um, both cyber and physical investigations across the globe for a variety of issues, for corporations, individuals, law firms, and this kind of scope that we have for types of investigations really runs the gamut. We do counterfeit investigations, threat management, cults, CULT investigations, uh, obviously criminal investigations, but on the, from the, the civil side, right, because I'm a private investigator, I'm not a law enforcement member. Lots of different stuff. So Chris, does your company have the ability to search a license plate like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We search plates all over the states. Uh, we I, Again, folks, I see it in Florida, but as you know, 
but we operate globally. Yeah, we can definitely run different uh, plates. Uh, we can run VIN numbers. We can even run partial plates. So Chris, for you yep. to do your work on your end, what would you need Deanna and I to give you, like a name and a date of birth? Or what, what, what kind of information do you need to do your work? Yeah, whatever information that you have uncovered so far, and we're talking mostly about like names, addresses, dates of birth, stuff like that. Um, that could be very helpful with trying to uh, lift as much information as possible on these movements, specifically with the wife and any other person. All right, we'll send you some stuff, Chris, and then uh, once you do your report, you can email it to us, and then we can have a phone call and go over everything. Is that okay? Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you both for letting me uh, help out on this as much as I can. There's a lot of press on, on Jared. There's a lot of internet activity surrounding Jared, but not from Jared himself. Discussing the incident. Right, discussing the incident. But there's nothing that Jared has for us to look at, right? So I haven't dug into him. Me either. And so I was thinking when I was at work today that maybe, you know, we should maybe start doing that. What do we want to look for? Do we want to look at his social media? Like, what is it we're trying to do? See if he had a social media presence, what it was like. I have a feeling it's going to be all about his family. I do, too. I do, too. And see what goes on from there. Well, wouldn't it make sense that if somebody's murdered, that you look at who they were interacting with on social media? Because if, let's say, let's just say it was a angry coworker. I don't know. Maybe they had some sort of altercation online that was recorded somewhere. I doubt it. Jared doesn't seem like he was the kind of person that was like chronically online. But, you know, I didn't know the man. But, I mean, I think it's worth at least looking. Correct. You know, we don't have a lot to, to look at other than people making, you know, allegations and conjecture and like, you know, coming up with like ideas which is great i mean i understand it i do it but we can do that just you and i i think i did look at his face to see if he had a facebook page but i think what happened was i found that's how i found the facebook group that his wife created or somebody created that his wife is in justice for jared or something like that let me let's let's uh let's do a look here jared let's see can we talk about the differences in Facebook from when we started looking at people like 10 years ago as to how it is? I yeah. hate Facebook now. It's so different, right? Yeah, it is so different. You okay, remember? There you used to be like a timeline kind of thing on the, like the right side of the screen yep. that showed you everything that account had done. They had liked this. They were a member of this group. They joined, you know, this. They started liking this page. They liked this photo. Dude, it was like an activity log for that account. The good old days. The good old days. was simple and straightforward, <laughs> and you could find it all in one place. Uh, yeah, and now things have changed on Facebook a lot. Right. So, yeah. So, Jared does have a Facebook page. And it looks like they turned it into... A memorial, like the memorial page. It says, it says remembering Jared, right? I just see pictures of him, kids. Yep. Wedding photos, him and Kirsten kissing a lot. Yeah. So it looks like a very loving, caring family. Yeah. You wouldn't imagine that the person, the husband in this picture, would one day have his life taken in such a scenario where no. it looks like somebody set him up and 
it's it's very hard to imagine that looking at these pictures. Very. So go to photos, right? Yep, I'm there. And then go to albums. So this is so we're giving away our, our trade secrets here. So when Deanna and I work on cases, especially on Facebook or social media, it's not just the person's profile. We look at people who liked it. For instance, there were seven people who liked this image. But only five appear. So the other two you don't know. So the other two either removed their their social media profile, uh-huh. blocked us, which is unlikely. Yeah. And I mean those are the two options, right? They don't exist anymore. Those likes. Those are the rabbit holes Deanna and I would go down or our group would go down and trying to find people. If you're looking for a person, you also want to look for the people around them who right. they associate with. There's nothing to keep close to the chest. It's not secret evidence that nobody knew about. The press didn't know about. The press know about this truck. It's already out. And they released the information. It wasn't like from some secret source. Correct. So there's no reason for the cops to say, we're not going to tell you. I don't think they're going to publicly say, oh, we found the truck and we have it in Evan. Okay. Well, I disagree. I think they would. I would say that they would say the truck has been cleared or no, it hasn't. Well, let's ask yeah, Kirsten, let's ask Kirsten. Still, and see if she knows. Because I think that's, I mean, that's the one piece of evidence that, you know, once you find that. I would like to know, and they're not going to tell us this, but I would like to know why they're looking for that. Is it, be, is it only because it's, an F, it's a Ford F-150, which matches the tire, right? Mm-hmm. And it's got a spare on it? Is that the, and it's kind of in that area? Is that the reason? That's enough reason for me to want to find it. Well, I don't know. I mean, if, listen, if I'm going to commit a murder and I'm like advanced in whatever, in killing people, which seems to be the going theory with some sort of hit, right? Yeah. I am not going to use a tire from the car I'm driving. That's the mistake, right? That's a huge mistake. Yeah. But at the time, they don't know that they're going to be caught on surveillance camera driving by with the spare tire on the front right. Going by a police station, they, they don't think they're going to be caught. They, they think they've gotten away with the crime at this point, right? I mean, I, it's, it's only been less than an hour than the crime. How would they know they got away with it? I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to get some sort of quote-unquote profile on this person, right? Yeah. The, the other issue is, is it could have been a carjacking, right? They put the tire out there with the idea that they're not going to leave the tire, right? So they put the tire out there. They're not looking for Jared. Let's just say they're just yeah. looking for a nice car, yeah, right? Absolutely. And then they see a kid and they're like, oh shit. Well, yeah, no. So here comes Jared. He stops. He gets out. They go up, boom, boom, boom. The guy goes to get in the car to drive away, looks in the back seat, sees a kid, goes, oh shit. I can't take this car. It's got a kid in the back. Now I'm kidnapping. That's not, you know, stealing a car is one thing, but, you know, they shot the guy, murder, and now I'm going to kidnap. And so maybe they go, oh shit. And they flee and leave the tire there. But Maybe you've already murdered playing. somebody. What? What's the... I mean, that's like the worst thing you can do, right? Yeah. What is going to stop that person from just going and kidnapping, whatever, you know? Do you want to have to take care of a two-year-old kid? That's a good point. Now you got a two-year-old kid you got to feed and bathe and change. And you're willing to kill an adult male. Are you willing to kill a child? That's a huge... That's yeah. a huge difference. That thing. is. You're right. Right? Yeah. And so I don't know. It, it, it still... I mean, baffles me how nine months and no arrest. So let's say it is a carjacking. Let's just go with that for a minute. Okay. Wouldn't it make more sense to do a carjacking with somebody at like a stop sign than a tire in the road? 
No, because they have a way to escape. Like, if you're sitting in your car, like, do you lock your car doors when you get in your car? Yeah. Okay, so you're sitting, you're coming up, you're on your way to work in the morning, you come up to the stop sign right outside your neighborhood, you see a guy walking up to your car, you're going to stay there, you're going to drive away. (laughs) Okay. You're probably going to drive away, right? Yeah. I lock my car doors. I'm constantly keeping an eye around me nowadays in the world we live in. And so putting a tire there on a one-way road where you can't get around because there's a signpost on one side and palm trees on the other, you know, maybe it fits the MO of the murder. So it forces him, it forces the, the victim of the carjacking to get out of the car. Correct. Right. Now, I mean, I, I think that's a an, an interesting... You're not going up to them, tapping on yeah. the window, saying, get out, where they can drive away. You They put the car in park. Mm-hmm. They're stepping out. Car doors open, keys in the ignition. How easy does it get? That's where, like, initially, mm-hmm. that's where we're, when I read about it, that's where my mind went. Oh, like, this is carjacking. Then you read all the other stuff around it regarding his previous marriage and then you start to question things well and i wonder you know the cops initially i mean very quickly said this was he was target right Mm -hmm. i wonder if there's a puma in this case that they haven't told us that we don't know that makes it where they believe that he's targeted because that was my first thing too we both talked about this when we first started digging into this was it was this maybe you know like a road rage slash carjacking you know was it something other than a hit? But every article we read from, you know, with the police quotes, it's it's Target. And what makes them think that? It's kind of like the, what's going on with the Moscow murders. They have said they were targeted. Why do you think that? Why do you think that? And they're not going to tell. They're not going to give that piece of evidence away because whoever is the, the, the suspect or the person who did it, I should say, is going to come up with some sort of story to make up for that. You know what I mean? Or change the Puma, right? Yeah, yeah. So there, ha- I'm just wondering, there has to be something that we don't know that they haven't released to anybody, even Kirsten. So when we were talking to Chris the PI yesterday, yeah, I said, did they check that tire for fingerprints? I'm sure they have, oh, right? Sure. I'm, so have, I'm sure. Have you ever changed a tire on your car? Yeah. It's a dirty thing. It's not easy. You're putting your hands all over that tire, but getting the lug nuts off, you're putting your hands on the rims too. Mm-hmm. Me, because I know how dirty it is, I would wear gloves just if I was changing a tire. But if my tire went flat while I was driving on the road, I have a, you know some gloves in my car just because of COVID now. I would have put those on to do it. But I don't think the normal person would carry gloves in their car. So they would have been touching that tire a lot. Now mm-hmm. the question is, is, do fingerprints show up on rubber tires? They would obviously show up on the metal rim, but what about the tire? I don't know. Well, maybe let's. I'm going to make a list of the, these kinds of questions, and these are things that we can research. We might not be able to look at, you know, Jared himself right now, yeah. but maybe we can look at like the, like for instance, maybe we can look at how many cases of carjacking have occurred where the person is not at a stoplight or a stop sign. Or maybe they've used an obstruction. Because, here's my fear. Everybody is so focused on the ex-wife and the husband, the ex-wife and her current husband, that, and I'm not saying they're, that they're innocent. I, I have no idea. But you, you wonder if they're only looking in that direction. And I have a really hard time believing that professional law enforcement 
would have like a one track mind like that. And I'm not saying that the, these cops are doing that, but it can happen. It's human nature. It's it's a human flaw. And so maybe we can look at statistics that are out there on carjackings. And is it possible that in all the reported cases, it happened that way? Yeah. I just want to have some answers for the family to say, listen, this this has happened in, you know, X percent of carjacking cases where there's been some sort of reason for the person to get out of the vehicle. Well, think about this. So the police have said that the shooter was close enough to leave stippling from the gunshot. Walked right up to him. Right? Yeah. Within three to four feet, they say, right? Right. Do you think Jared, if he saw this person coming up to him, would put up a fight? Like, we don't know where the gunshots were. Like, were there defensive shots? Like, did it go through his forearms or anything? Like, was he putting up a struggle? Or did they go through his back? Did the person come from the back of the car? So I don't know how we address that questions to her if she knows where the bullet. I'm not comfortable asking that. I Yeah. I, uh... I don't want to do it either. Well, maybe we can find that. Maybe we can find that information. It might be in. It might be somewhere out there. It would have to be an autopsy report. It would have to be maybe a news article about the autopsy report, not necessarily the autopsy report itself. Well, the, what I'm getting at is, if Jared saw the person coming up to him and his kids in the car, he seems like the type of person who's going to put up a fight. Or he's going to be like, "Take whatever you need. My daughter's in the the back seat. You, you can have everything you want." Let me get her, you know, maybe something like that. I don't know that he would necessarily put up a fight. He's protective, clearly. I mean, he's a he's a dad and he's a young dad. He might have been like, you can do you can you can have anything. Just let me get my daughter. Take the car. Take the car. It's all yours. My wallet's in the my wallet's in the glove compartment, you know, or whatever. Right. It seems like things happen so rapidly that I don't think there was much discussion. I don't know. Yeah, but. I mean, from the time he left her house, from the time or the video where you hear the gunshots, that was like 15 minutes. Yeah. So I don't know. So there's two, you know, theories, right? Carjacking, possible carjacking. Two, he was targeted, meaning that somebody wanted him dead. Now, we both, you know, obviously we don't think the ex-wife did it herself. Did she hire somebody that's the one thing we're thinking of, you know, they hired somebody to take care to silence Jared, right? But there would be some sort of financial trail, right? So let's talk about that. Wouldn't there be some sort of financial trail of, let's just say, the ex-wife or the, uh, the, uh, the husband paying somebody X number of dollars? Okay. How would they, how would they hide that? There are Bank Secrecy Act that requires banks to report large transactions, right? Mm -hmm. So if I go to my bank and I deposit a large sum of money, over $10,000, right? Mm -hmm. Same as a casino. If I go down to a blackjack table and I plop down $20,000 in $100 bills, they're gonna want me to fill out a form, right? We have to log everything over 3,000. Right? So if I go to my bank and I wanna do a deposit of $10,000 or more, they're gonna fill out a form and submit it to somebody saying like, oh, this person's made a large cash deposit. So I'm assuming uh, the X in this scenario is a person of wealth, right? And has money available. Yeah. Depending on however much they agreed to pay for it, I I, I would assume they could come up with that, that money. So if we think it was the X, I think they would have funds, the resources available to 
pay somebody. Right, but there's got to be a paper trail of that money, right? Well, I'm sure, depending on the amount that... Do you think it was under $3,000? I'm trying to say something without saying how I would do it. I wouldn't do it in one transaction. You would structure it, right? You'd make you payments. Structure, you would structure your withdrawals, right? Mm -hmm. Until you had the money, right? Right, but if you're making steady withdrawals in the same amount... No. No, you would do different amounts? Yeah, or you know, you're gonna do different amounts. You're not gonna make it so structured that way, right? That that's how most people get caught laundering money is they put nine thousand dollars in every month, the first mm -hmm. of every month, and then you know, they see that pattern, they go, something's on here, start asking questions. So you know, they're like, Oh, we're buying a new car, we need this money, mm -hmm. we need cash, and so I don't see that being a obstacle. So you think that this was definitely a, tr a cash transaction? I, I would I would agree because, you know, cash is untraceable, right? But there has to be some sort of source for that cash. Let's stop here for another quick break. I'm going to look into carjacking statistics, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to find like how it happened. You know what I mean? Like I might, I might find like in the city, in Detroit, you know, this carjacking happens X number of times. I don't know. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of carjackings in Jacksonville, Florida. That's different than Jacksonville beach, right? It is, but I wouldn't necessarily concentrate on Jacksonville uh, or Florida, for that matter, I it I would just look at like nationwide because if it's something that happens all over the country, like where there's some sort of obstruction to get somebody out of their car in order to carjack them, then that's enough evidence alone to go, well, maybe it was this. It doesn't necessarily need to be in Jacksonville. I just looked up carjacking statistics. It's from the Bureau of Justice Statistics, October yeah. of 2022. Findings based on three-year moving average, the rate of non-fatal carjacking victimization declined 78 percent. Wow, from 0 0.53 per 1,000 residents aged 16 in 1995 to 0 0.012 per 1,000 in 2021. So carjacking has gone down per 1,000 dramatically since the 90s. Holy shit. Seems so. Yeah. You wouldn't guess that based on media. So what's interesting to this on this data is whether they resist or not. It's basically a corn coin flip. 53 resisted, 47 didn't. Victim injured, 74% weren't injured. So three out of four carjackings, the person's not injured, but one in four they are. So huh. people getting injured isn't a big part of a carjacking. Normal, right? So the vast majority of carjackings, the victim isn't injured at all. They probably, you know, put their hands up. And then looking at the, you know, it's 53% victim resisted the offender, 47% didn't. So it's basically a coin flip. So if half of them resisted the offender, but the majority of them, nobody gets injured. So it makes me tend to think that this wasn't a carjacking based on this statistic, right? Yeah. The majority of carjackings, the person, whether they resisted or not, they go uninjured, 74% of them. I just don't have a good feeling about the, the ex-wife. And I have no evidence. I have nothing to base it on. It's just a gut thing. And in order for me to like really bite into that scenario, I have to eliminate 
the other possibilities, right? And how you do that is what I'm doing right now. I'm eliminating this possibility that it's a carjacking. If there are no carjackings with, you know, um, an obstruction used to get somebody to get out of the car and move it, then it's probably not a carjacking. And I can move on. You know what I mean? So I have recently, very recently, I was diagnosed with autism. And part of my issue, one of my issues <laughs> is that I just can't let things go. I mean, and clearly people who know me understand that that to be true of me. And I just can't seem to let go of the idea that this was not targeted and that it was just wrong place and wrong time. And he was just the guy that pulled up and I need to let it go. Well, I don't know if that's the right word. I don't know if I need to let it go. I, I need to be able to accept other possibilities. And the way that I'm going to do that is to eliminate those possibilities. And that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I want to ask Kirsten. Did they say, have they ruled out carjacking 100%? I think in this scenario, I think it sounds like the police have been very forthcoming with her and telling her information as they know it. So that's what I want to know. Have the police completely ruled out carjacking? Uh, two, are they still looking for the Ford F-150? And is there anything new that she could share with us? Have they told her anything new? So let's say, you know, Chris runs a report, gives us information, and it shows they've moved out of state. That there goes with our whole idea that she wanted to move out of state prior to the incident. Well, I found something on, on Reddit, one of my solo sessions. Yeah. That the brother of the husband lives in Tacoma. And brother of uh, Mario, Mario's brother. Oh, or lived there at one point. So they do have a connection, albeit a thin connection, to Washington. More on that next time. True Crimes is executive produced by Stephanie Lidecker, Deanna Thompson, Courtney Armstrong, Jeff Shane, Andrew Arno, and me, John Green. Additional producing by Connor Powell and Gabe Castile. Editing by Jeff Twa. Music by Vanacore Music. True Crimes is a production of iHeartRadio and KT Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.